Welcome to the Money Mindset Podcast, where you will find the inspiration and motivation you need to manage your money better so you can stress less and live the life you want. I'm Ashley with Budgets Made Easy and the Money Mindset Podcast. Today, I am so excited to talk to Joanne Crone, who is a master educator, is a parenting educator, also helps mom feel confident in everything from raising empowered, self-sufficient kids to dropping the anxiety and guilt out of modern parenthood. She's an accomplished writer, author, podcast host of the No Guilt Mom podcast speaker, Uh, and just all around good person. So in this episode, we are going to talk about chores and allowance. Should you do it? Should you not do it? But what I really love about Joanne is she truly sticks to her name of no guilt mom. So whatever you do, don't feel guilty about it and just find a system that works for you. So don't forget to check in the show notes, uh, link to her easiest chore and allowance system ever. It's the system that I am implementing. I have purchased this program as well, and I love it so much that I had to bring her on so that she could tell you about it. So in this episode, you will learn how to teach your, still teach your kids about money and how that relates to chores and allowance. And you might be surprised that they aren't mutually exclusive, exclusive to each other. So hang on for a fun ride with Joanne to talk about chores and allowance. Thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, thanks for having me, Ashley. I'm so excited. I am excited to talk about chore systems and I have so many questions because, you know, my kids right now are 10, eight and four and getting them to, well, really even me, I mean, of course I'm part of the problem too, but getting them to like be consistent with a system uh, is a struggle. So I am excited to kind of get your viewpoint, kind of what works for you, getting them consistent and using a system consistently over time. Cause I'm sure you understand this, but like, we'll start something we'll do really well for a week, maybe two. We have been really good for like a month or two at a time when they were working toward like a really big reward. And then once they got that reward, like we just kind of gave up on the whole thing. So I'm really curious, kind of like what you do in your household that works well, or what you recommend that works well for creating a system that you can consistently follow over time. Okay. So first I hear, <laughs> I heard a word repeat over and over again when you were describing it and it's the word consistency. Yes. And that's a word that so many moms like beat themselves up about mm-hmm. uh, in, in my company, no guilt mom. Like that's the thing we hear the most about why they feel they can't be successful and stuff is because they're not consistent or they don't have follow through. Mm-hmm. And that goes across the board, whether we're talking about like, ch- like, discipline for kids or whether we're talking about getting kids to do homework or, um, getting kids to help out around the house with chores or even allowance as well, that consistency, that follow through. And my approach in it is that like we, this consistency and follow through, like it, it's such a, 
I don't want to say a made up thing, but it's something that I think we give too much credit to that. We think the most important thing is consistency Mm -hmm. and follow through while the most important thing is really our relationship with our kids and, um, helping them become humans who are really aware of both what they're motivated by, um, what their family around them needs and how to care for their family and uh, how to, to figure out what needs to be done to help the family out. So when you see a lot of chore like systems out there, there's a big emphasis on like, okay, here's your checklist. Here's all the things that you Mm -hmm. need to do, uh, make sure you do them. And then what usually happens with the checklist is that something on the checklist doesn't end up working out. And because so much time has been put into it, like say like on the checklist, it says, oh, you have to do like unload the dishwasher every day before you go to school. Well, it turns out that, you know, not everyone in the family is done eating by the time that that child has to get out the door and go to school. And so they can't start the dishwasher at that time. And so then once one thing on the checklist goes, the whole checklist goes, and then we have to go back and recreate the checklist, which usually doesn't happen right away on our part, all busy. And then the whole system goes bad. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's exactly what happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because uh, it's like we, we put in all of this pressure on ourselves to be consistent um, while neglecting that we're all human. Like we're all human. Things change. And consistency isn't the most important thing. It's this, you know, caring for others. It's this making sure that others have, you know, what they need. And so the way I approach chores in our house is that first we need everyone on board with the chores that they're assigned. So it can't be a situation where it's like one person, like one parent is divvying up all the chores in the house and kind of handing everybody their list and saying, okay, you got to do them. Uh, Because I think that's what we see, like, especially have you ever, you've watched full house, I'm assuming. So like on a full house episode, I remember that DJ was uh, creating this chore board and actually it might be fuller house now that I think of it. Um, she was creating this chore board and she was like rearranging everyone's jobs weekly to make sure everybody, you know, quote unquote, knew what they had to do. Uh, and we look at that model and we think, oh my gosh, that's what I have to be doing. I need to be on it. Like DJ, mm-hmm. and making sure everyone needs to know what they need to do when really like it doesn't work. Like that model doesn't work. What we didn't see DJ is like nagging everybody to do everything they needed to do or like following up with everybody to make sure they did what they need to do, especially because they're all, they were all kids. She was managing. Like, I do not believe that situation for a second that that tour system worked (laughs) at all for DJ. (laughs) Well, that makes me feel better about my own, uh, system or lack of. Uh, So what do you do? How do you manage things in your house and get your kids to buy in or your family to buy in? So the first thing we do is we have a family meeting. Um, We did this, we started this process about two years ago. We sit everyone in the family down and we do a family brainstorm about what happens, what needs to happen in the house. And everyone is involved in this. Um, uh, in fact, like I gave the like brainstorm, like pencil or whatever to my daughter so that I wasn't the one leading the meeting. I was the one participating in the meeting. Uh, a lot of like, I think a lot of moms in general, we were the ones kind of running everything mm-hmm. and figuring out what needs to be done and carrying the entire mental load. So, uh, just by giving up that pen, I wanted to make sure that everyone had a equal buy-in 
in the meeting and that I wasn't the one just saying everything that needed to be done. So we created, yeah, it's powerful because then what you do when you do that is you create a voice for every single person in the family, because a lot of the things with chores is, I mean, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I didn't like being told what to do. Yeah. (laughs) I still don't like being told what to do. I mean, Ashley, we run our own businesses probably because a little bit, we don't like know what to do. Exactly. (laughs) I just want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And my middle child is just like that. My oldest, like she is a good helper, but my middle child, like she only wants to do what she wants to do when she wants to do it. And she doesn't care about the consequences. Like she, she doesn't care. (laughs) Yeah. Because consequences probably don't work with her. Um, No, they don't rewards. I have found rewards work way better in our house than consequences for sure. Do you have to like continue the rewards though for every, Um, we have to like change it up. And that's kind of why the consistency kind of falls apart. Cause then they'll like work toward, um, a certain reward that they want, like a toy or a doll or a game or something. And then once they get that, then it's kind of like, we take a break and then it's like, it only works when they're working toward something. Yeah. Which, and that I mean, as an adult, that's how my brain works a lot of the time too. <laughs> so that is, that is usually how rewards work because, uh, so there's something called extrinsic rewards where you're working towards something, uh, where you're getting a prize at the end. And there's, um, the opposite side of that is intrinsic rewards where you do it out of the joy of having done it. Uh, where there's no real outside reward attached to it, but really like you're self-motivated to get the thing done. It's like how like us as adults, like I'm usually pretty self-motivated to clean off my own desk because I know that if my desk is not clean, my entire brain goes crazy throughout Mm -hmm. the day. So I'm intrinsically motivated to clean off my desk. So we're working with kids to help them be intrinsically motivated. But the process for that is that there's like, there's three things that um, self-motivate people. And this is called self-motivation theory. Um, And it's first is autonomy, which is you have complete control over what you're doing and the choices you have. That's the Ashley, the you can't tell me what to do thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We crave our (laughs) autonomy. Uh, the second is competence, which is not exactly like you don't have to know this exact steps beforehand of what you have to do, but rather you have to feel like you could figure it out. Uh, so that's competence. And then the third one to get self-motivation going is relatedness. You have to have a really good relationship with whoever's teaching you. So if you've ever had the experience, uh, where you've had a teacher that you didn't get along with, like, mm-hmm. have you had that experience? Yeah. And like in that school year, like, did you progress very much in that class? No, (laughs) no, because the relatedness was missing. You didn't have that really good relationship with who was teaching you. And so if we look at those three things and we think of them in terms of chores, well, how do most chore systems fail on that? First, they don't give kids the autonomy because they're basically being told what to do. They don't have a choice over matters. And uh, second, like we're totally neglecting competence as well. We don't know, we take for granted that our kids know how to do all the chores we assign to them perfectly. Uh, and sometimes that's not the case. And there's no system that we have to kind of figure out what will get them to that next level, what skill they're missing. 
And then third is that relatedness, because when we are nagging and Mm. we're reminding our kids, it's breaking down our parent child relationship, even though we love them, like, like immensely, just that, like constantly being at odds, constantly having that conflict, it's breaking it down. And so they are less self-motivated. Absolutely. And I struggle with that too, because even last night, like Sunday night, I want the house picked up for Monday morning and, you know, Friday it's clean. The kids come home, their school stuff is everywhere. Stuff from the weekend is everywhere. And then Sunday night, like I'm losing my mind. Oh yeah. (laughs) It's like, and of course my middle child doesn't care. She just keeps doing what she's doing, but my oldest cares and like, and it definitely affects our relationship. So I can see where I need to work on with that. (laughs) Well, do you guys have family meetings? No, that's something that we probably should be doing. So it's great to start family meetings. If you ever, if you have like a family, like game night going on right now, that is a really easy thing to like segue into a family meeting, even if like a family game night, isn't a very regular thing, but, um, with family meetings, it just gives you that chance to all come together and to talk about issues without like everybody being like at odds with each other. Like it takes away the conflict of the moment. So with this whole chore situation, um, you can have a family meeting. And like I said before, the brainstorming of everything that needs to be get, like get done in the house, like everything anyone can think of. And it's going to be really surprising because you might find that like, at like your kids do things that you don't know they're doing, or like, um, like your partner does things that you don't know he's doing (laughs) or like, Mm -hmm. and and the kids find out you're doing things that they had no idea. Like someone had to take the time to do stuff Mm -hmm. like, you know, arranging appointments for them or calling like doctor's offices to make sure that they could get in or the dentist or, you know, filling all the toilet paper and exactly nobody thinks about (laughs) that magical toilet paper fairy, right? Yeah. (laughs) And you'll find like all these things, uh, that, um, everyone does in the house. And then once you have a list, uh, you go around and you pick who does which job, like everybody gets their chance to pick. Uh, and it just goes like round Robin. You're like, okay, well I will, I'll take the dishes. I like unloading the dishwasher. I really don't mind that. And then it'll go to like, a kid. And usually with this process, I recommend that the youngest child starts first to pick their job first. Ooh, that's a good idea. And it just goes around and around until a lot of like all the jobs are taken. Now with that, there's going to be some negotiation where maybe you may get to the end of the list and you're like, hold on. Like my six-year-old cannot pick you guys up from school. We need to trade. (laughs) (laughs) Darn it. (laughs) And, um, but it's really good for kids to like, see that and see how you negotiate and see how you like are willing to like give and take with, uh, with things. And especially in like the chore kind of environment, but at the end of this process, you're going to have this list and it's going to be written down on paper, who is responsible for what in the house. And this really backs up the self-motivation theory because you've just given your kids autonomy back. You've have, you gave them choices about the chores they're doing. And some of them, it's not going to be their favorite chores. I mean, they're going to make compromises because Mm -hmm. they really don't want to do another chore. So they'll, they'll, they'll do like this chore. That's not their favorite just so that they don't have to do another one. Um, 
is going to be very, very interesting. And uh, once you have that list, you then kind of decide, okay, well, how often do these chores need to be done? Cause that's something you have to think of beforehand. Mm -hmm. Like, is this a daily chore? Is this a weekly chore? And you'll just go down the list and uh, mark if it's daily or weekly. And you may have to make some changes after that. If you see like one person has a lot more daily chores than weekly chores or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Now, how do you, um, integrate or what do you do for like allowance? Is that tied into these chores or do you do something else? Uh, so I keep chores and allowance completely separate. Oh, really? Yeah. Because it just gets, it's going back to the whole where we can't be consistent. We can't follow through. Uh, first it makes the whole process way too complicated. If you tie in allowance to chores, <sighs> that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to figure out what job is worth. What has like, that's part of the problem too, is like, okay, well, what do they get paid for? What do they don't, how exactly. much, when do they get paid? Then I have to go get cash. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. The cash thing is, oh my gosh, no, I've tried it. I've tried it all. <laughs> yeah. It's, it makes it so much easier if you do it, um, without tying it to chores. And I know like some common like theories on that about why you tie it to chores is to make sure that kids like know the value of working hard and the value of money. However, like that only puts a monetary aspect on it. But what we're really doing with chores is we're contributing to our family. We are caring for those around us and caring for people, uh, I think needs to be put at a higher emphasis than earning money in our society. I agree. And I like yeah. that. Um, I lost my train of thought. I forgot what I was going to say. I do that, that all the time. <laughs> well, and I, you know, you just have to do things for your family without getting paid. Like when you're yeah. a grown up, you don't get paid for that stuff. So I feel like they should just do it because they need to do it. Not necessarily that they get paid for it. So how do you, so what do you do for allowance then if it's not paid or tied into chores? Cause I, I'm pretty sure you do allowance, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Allowance you did. <laughs> so powerful. So, um, chores are family contributions. Um, while allowance is really teaching kids how to manage money how to have them differentiate between needs and wants. So uh, for allowance uh, with my kids, and this has worked so well, I've done this um, since my daughter was four and she's turning 13 this week. Oh, uh, yes. you know, I, I give each of my kids a set amount each week. Uh, so my daughter, I think is still on a $6 a week allowance and my son is on a $4 a week allowance, uh, but they, they also get interest in their quote unquote bank account. So I have um, an Excel spreadsheet, which I also have available on my site, no guilt mom. Um, but it's, it's all done for me because, you know, I struggle with consistencies too. I think we have way too many things going on in our mm -hmm. adult life to be running yes. things for cash. <laughs> so it's all set up in a spreadsheet where, you know, the numbers are automatically filled in exactly how much is in the bank account, the, you know, their, their bank account each month, each week. And, um, they get interest for how long they keep the money in there as a way to encourage them to save and not blow it right away. So oh, that they I like save. that. So they, is it just an, like an interest amount that you just make up and give it to them? Cause yeah, I mean, they, we know banks don't have hardly any interest right now. Oh no, this is actually, <laughs> it's so funny because so my, they get an extremely good interest rate because okay. of course with kids, like you need to show them that the longer they keep something, the, like they, they need to see the benefit. Yes, exactly. Um, so, so like, you're going to die. Cause you're like, why don't, why don't we get this as adults? <laughs> it's a 4% interest rate that matures every week. So hey, yeah, I need that. 
I need that. Right. (laughs) So my daughter is actually, we're getting her, her own bank account next week. Cause she's turning 13 and uh, I'm like, and we're like, yeah, we're just going to transfer the amount that's in your allowance right now. And we're going to put it into actual money in your bank account. And you'll have a debit card that you can, you know, um, use that way uh, that you could use yourself. So you don't have to keep asking us for money and you're going to be completely responsible for managing your money. And she's like, but what about my interest rate? I'm like, thanks. So <laughs> give that <laughs> like, what I'm like, no, I'm sorry. This is where I prepare you for the hard, like truths of life. <laughs> You're old enough to know the truth. <laughs> old enough to know the truth. That's not what happens. <laughs> but at the same time, like I am so, I'm so confident giving my daughter her own bank account now and debit card, because I've been beside her for the last, gosh, we, I mean, I said, I've been doing it since she was four. So the past nine years, talking to her all the time about money and wants versus needs and, um, like having her look at the value of things and figure out if it's worth spending her own money on that. This just seems like the rational next step to absolutely you know, give her control of it. Yeah. Cause they don't spend their own money the same way as they do my money. They do not. <laughs> they did. They are a little bit stingier with their own money. <laughs> yeah. And it's so like interesting. Um, I originally put allowance in because every time we went into target, I was like accosted with all of these, like, mom, can I have this? Mom, can I have that? Mom, can I have that? And you go like, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of the trip, they wear you down Yes, they do. <laughs> and you say yes to something. And then you're like, darn it. I can't be consistent. I can't follow through. Like what is wrong with me? Mm-hmm. But as soon as I started the allowance, instead of like saying no, I could say yes. How much is in your allowance? And we looked at the allowance and she's like, oh, I, I'm going to be spending all my allowance. If I buy that, I'm not going to get that. Like, okay. <laughs> all right, there you go. That's, That's good. Awesome. <laughs> but then you also have my son who's like, every time allowance hits his bank account, he's like, I think I have enough to buy some Robux. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I have a kid like that. My second too. <laughs> Well, this is way more responsible than the middle child. (laughs) Yeah. And allowance is so instructive in that way too, because we also give uh, my kids a clothing budget now. Yes. I wanted to ask you about that because it was on your podcast recently. So tell us about this clothing money. The idea came from um, Ron Lieber, who we interviewed on the podcast. He wrote this book called The Opposite of Spoiled. And he's like, oh my gosh, give kids a clothing budget each month, make them in charge of buying their own clothes and like watch back, like step back and just watch what happens because it's hilarious. And so I'm like, okay, this is interesting. I'm going to try this out. And I gave my, both of my kids a clothing allowance. We just put them in the Excel spreadsheet. And, uh, my daughter was very like, okay, do I have enough to buy clothes? And I really need this. And I need that. My son, however, was like, I have enough to buy Robux. And I'm like, wait, what about clothing? He's like, well, you told me I could spend my money. However, I want to spend it. And I'm just like, okay. And it didn't hit him until December where, um, he hit a growth spurt and, uh, his pants started getting shorter and, uh, his shoes started showing tears. Oh, no. in them. And it's hard as a parent to do like, to be like, okay, bud, like how much is in your clothing allowance? You don't have enough right now. <laughs> and sorry, 
he was playing outside and we're in Arizona. So this isn't as bad as it sounds for December, but, um, he was playing outside and he fell in the pool, uh, and he can completely swim and everything, but he, he like drenched his only pair of shoes and he had school the next day when he fell in the pool, he had like, uh, it was a massive breakout. He's like, Oh my gosh, I'm not going to have dry shoes. And like, that was the point where I got to teach him how to like, you know, dry, dry shoes in the dryer, check mm-hmm. on them, like make sure it's that. And then at that moment, that's when he stopped his Robux spending spree. And he's like, <laughs> I need to save up more money to buy shoes. <laughs> but you know, some kids do have to learn the hard way. Like they don't understand until it's like, Oh, you know, and you know, adults yeah. are the same way. Everybody's different. You know, we learn better through action and through making mistakes really. So, um, it's, it's great that he learned that lesson young. <laughs> exactly. The way I look at it is like, I want my kids to make as many mistakes and have as many failures when they're with me than versus in the adult world, because you learn so much more from failing mm-hmm. than you do any other way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, that always reminds me, and I have to remind myself of this. And I, try, I try when I remember to do this with my own kids, but Sarah Blakely, the founder of Sphinx talks mm-hmm. about how her dad, um, at the dinner table every night would ask him what they failed at. Like every single day, what did you try? What did you fail at? And it's a good reminder to encourage our kids to fail and to screw yes. up and to make mistakes. Yes. Because there's so much of a stigma around failure. Like I, I also heard that Sarah Blakely comment. I think she also mentioned it on shark tank. Maybe that's where I saw her say it again. I'm not sure. Cause I follow her ever. She's like one of my favorite people. Like, so I don't remember exactly where she said it, yeah. but I just love it. I'm a big shark tank fan. That's why I, I am that. too. <laughs> oh my gosh. Does it ever make you, this is such a tangent, but I always feel better as a business person after watching shark tank. Yes. <laughs> and, but then on the other side, I'm like, Ooh, what, what could I invent that I could, <laughs> that I could sell, you know, it's like, Oh, I get all kinds of ideas, but yeah, it's oh, if yeah. You're thinking about like starting a business, watch shark tank, because watch shark it, tank. you learn a lot. You really do. You learn you do. a lot about business. Well, it's especially like a confidence issue. Like we're talking about failures. Mm -hmm. And I think as adults, like we have such a fear of failure as Mm -hmm. well, but you watch something like shark tank and you see people go and like spin their failures for the sharks to get money. Mm -hmm. Like my very favorite, um, term that they use when they're pitching is the sharks are like, Oh, well, what's your revenue? And they're like, we're pre-revenue. Yeah. That freaks me out. Like I cannot (laughs) imagine. I'm like, wow, these people are brave. Like that's a huge risk. Like, I don't think I could ever do that, but yeah, that always freaks me out when people say that, like pre-revenue or like you see something going so well for them and it looks really great on the outside. And then the sharks are like, oh yeah, well, how much profit have you made? Oh, we're pre-profit. We're actually like a million dollars down. I'm like, yes, yes. It makes me feel so much better. Yeah. Cause I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. At least I'm making a profit, not as much as I want, but better than that. No. <laughs> but I think like, it's a really good lesson to see because you know what, those people are taking their failures and they are going out and they are, they are moving forward with those, with those failures. They are spinning it Absolutely. To work for them. Heck uh, yes. And, and they're so taking have- a risk being on TV and putting themselves out there. So it's definitely a learning experience. Yes. So like asking kids about failures is is great. And having kids have as many failures as possible without us rescuing them. Because when my son fell in the pool, Oh, you better believe I thought that I could drive to target and buy Mm -hmm. him a new pair of shoes. Um, but 
I was like, okay, he needs to experience this. I cannot rescue him out of it. I have to stick to, oh, you have a clothing allowance and how much do you have uh, to help him learn that lesson before he's out of the house away from me. So the deal with the clothing allowance, just to make it clear, because I'm now I'm trying to remember if we covered it, but you give them a certain amount of money that is for clothes, but they can spend it however they want. So you're not, you're not going to come in and rescue them and then buy them clothes when they spend it on Roblox. No, no, I will not rescue them. <laughs> it gets put into their allowance, the bank account, the Excel spreadsheet I have. Um, and so it's just mixed up with all their other money. So they know that they get this extra infusion. It's $40 a month for them, um, that they get an extra $40 a month that they could spend on clothes and bear in mind, like both of my kids go to school with uniforms and we buy their uniforms. Oh, Um, okay. So So this is like like extra outside the school clothes. Yeah. It's like they're outside of school clothes because $40 a month, I don't think would be enough for my kids, but, um, yeah, I'm not sure either. Like I'm sitting here trying to do the, I feel like my girls, well, my middle child loves clothes. It's like, I'm always buying clothes. I don't, I don't understand (laughs) where are all these clothes going? So a clothing budget would be really great for her because then she could see exactly like, okay, this is what I have and what clothes do I really want or what clothes do I need? I I really love this idea when I heard you talking about it. And I think I'm going to start, like, they're both old enough. Like I couldn't do it with my youngest. He's four, but um, the other two, I really think I'm going to start doing that maybe at the start of the new year. And um, I do like, I did it with my kids when they were four really? allowance. Oh yeah. It was so instructive because like they need a little more guidance at that age, but they get the concept, especially if they're watching their older siblings do it because their older siblings now have this freedom of getting to buy whatever they want. And the little ones are like, but I want to get that. Mm-hmm, they do. I want something. I want something. And so if you like they, they get it if they're like, okay, well that costs like, oh, like $20 and you have $6. So do you want to save that and wait until you get like, and the cool thing about doing it in a spreadsheet is that you could show them that in two weeks, they'd have enough money for it. Um, so you could wait and you could get it then, or you could just, you know, try to get something else. Uh, and it get, puts the decision into their hands so that you're no longer fighting them. They get to decide what's going on. I love that. Cause I do, I do that a little bit with my kids already. Like when we go to the store and like, they know they're going to get something, they have a budget and they're, I've been doing it so long. They know that like the answer is no, if it's over that budget. And so they will look for stuff. And even my four-year-old, like he does pretty good. Like he, he wants to hold everything. Cause you know, he wants everything in the toy aisle. So I'll let him hold something, but I'm like, we're not getting it. And I'll let him hold it for, you know, 30 seconds a minute, whatever. And then he's good at putting it down. So he doesn't, but I love the idea of like giving him a spending limit too. Cause I, I guess I didn't think about it cause he's so young. I didn't, I didn't even cross my mind <laughs> yet. Yeah. He's, he could totally like starting the conversation about it. And like, you'll see like the kids start like checking each other on their spending habits as well. Uh, like my daughter, like reminds my son all the time. And she's like, Hey, Eric, you're not going to have enough to buy like shoes. <laughs> if you get that. That's good. He's got a good big sister. <laughs> <laughs> His response is usually like, stop telling me what to do. <laughs> but that's siblings. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So how are they, do they like 
um, this new, cause this is fairly new, right? The clothing allowance thing. Are they, in, are they enjoying it now? I mean, your son had to learn the hard way, but now that they kind of understand the concept and have worked through it, are they, do they appreciate it? They like having the extra money in their accounts and they like, um, giving, being given that choice for how to spend their money. Um, is it the same way I would spend the money? No, it isn't. But, um, yeah. the, I mean, that's part of the whole process. It's, uh, letting them make their own decisions uh, to figure out. So, I mean, I think it would be a neutral thing <laughs> there by now, like the thrill has worn off when I first gave it to them. They're like, yes, extra cash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And now they're kind of like, oh, I need to buy socks. <laughs> That's no fun. <laughs> Necessary. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I'm going to have to, because I think I just recently heard you talk about it. So I was like, oh, I need to, I, I really love this idea. Um, and I love the idea of having it in a spreadsheet. And you said this is the spreadsheet free or do you have it for sale on your website? It's for sale in um, the easiest chores and allowance system ever on our site. And that's awesome. where I like walk parents through all of the chores and the way we set up chores, as well as how we set up allowance. And that tracker is in there. Awesome. I will link to that in the show notes. And I actually have that system. I just haven't got to the spreadsheet yet. <laughs> I watched the beginning and then I don't remember what happened. I got distracted. I haven't finished it yet, but, um, I love it so far. So I'm glad to know I already have the spreadsheet because I'm sitting here thinking I need the spreadsheet. Yes. <laughs> so I don't have to make end? my own. <laughs> Yes. It's at the end of the allowance unit. Okay. I will, yeah. I will get that. And I will link to it for you in the show notes so you can get it. It just makes it easier when you can just get something that's already done for you. Like you don't have to think about it, especially with the interest. Cause I'm sitting here thinking, how am I going to calculate that? Like that's above my head. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I mean the process behind the spreadsheet, it, I mean, like I've perfected it over the course of nine years. So oh, that's I, awesome. Like I've already done the legwork of like, here's what works. Here's what doesn't work. And here's what you need to keep track of. Like something that bit me was that whenever they bought something, I didn't say what they bought with it. So they would come back and be like, I didn't buy anything then. And like, oh. I couldn't remember and they couldn't remember. And so, so that's in the spreadsheet too. You can put like what they got in the date. There's a note section. Yeah. There's a note section. I don't date it. I just say like the, the actual product they bought, because that's usually enough to be like, Oh, right. Gotcha. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I don't remember. That's the problem. They have so much stuff. They don't even remember what they've bought. Yeah. And then you feel like you made a mistake or something when really like with the spreadsheet, I do it all in front of them. I bring it up on my phone. Um, and like, we look at their allowance together. And then when we check out, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm taking it out right now here. I'm doing it. Yeah. Um, I love so that, I that you that. like, you can just have it on your phone. So you don't have to try and yes. remember anything and you can edit it really fast. So that's what I love about having. So I'm assuming is it Google sheets then? It's Google Sheets. Yeah, mm -hmm. love Google Sheets. So that's awesome. I will link to that in the show notes as well. Um, so do you have any other last tips, words of wisdom, words of encouragement? I would just say throw like start looking at the words consistency and follow through as bad words because yeah. <laughs> that was actually my word of the year was consistency oh, this yeah. year. That was my whole word. I pick a word of the year. And so that was my word this year. It <laughs> was consistency. Like my, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, it is. Now you're telling me it's a bad word. <laughs> well, it's more like it's good in some extents. It's just that, like, I think we have to be very, um, 
intentional about what we decide we're consistent about, because there's so many different moving parts in our lives that we can't possibly be consistent about everything. Like something like we have to drop the ball on some things to make other parts in our life work. So it's like a losing proposition. If we try to be consistent with everything. Absolutely. That's a good point. So it was mainly on my business. So yeah, kind of focused on my business. (laughs) So that's a little better, right? Yeah. Um, and I did not warn you about this question, so I apologize, but I always ask people at the end, uh, what their favorite nonfiction book is, you know, to help us improve our lives and keep learning. So do you have, and you know, I don't have many like parenting experts on here. So maybe even if you have a parenting one. Well, parenting. So it's not a parenting one, um, but it is something about relationships and it's called captivate by Vanessa Van Edwards. And it's all about how like to interact with people and, um, improve like your social relationships. Oh, I need to check that out. It's fascinating. It is so fascinating. I've used some of her tactics actually in my parenting courses and improving relationships. I use it for networking too. Like I'm one of those people who, I mean, we haven't had to use the networking for like a year and a half, right? (laughs) but But like, she gives you all these tips about like, when you go into a party and you don't know someone, like what is the best like place in the room to stand based on like the, the science and the research of studying how people like behave in party situations. Oh, really? Oh, I definitely need to check this out. I'm going to add that to the list. I say that, I feel like I say that every week and I have like a huge pile of books that I still need to read. (laughs) I'm a book collector. I am. I'm a book. I'm like, I'm a voracious book reader. (laughs) I I get made fun of it because like I, so I just um, joined this book of the month club. I don't know if you've heard of the book of the month club. It does sound familiar actually. And I, it does sound familiar because I was thinking I, I probably couldn't get a book read every month. Well, (laughs) It's like, um, it's like my free time habit. It's the only thing that calms down my brain and like makes me not think about work or anything. Um, mostly thrillers. I really love thrillers. Oh, I do like thrillers. Yes. I have some, like I go through spurts. I'll read a bunch and then like, I'm done for like six months. (laughs) I, um, I just got my book of the month club box, uh, like two days ago. And I've already, I I got three books this time. Usually only get one. And, um, I I finished the book in like, Oh, a little over a day. (laughs) That's awesome. It was so good. Like they have such good books. So Oh yeah. When I get pulled into a book, yeah, I can't put it down and I'll get it read really fast. I'll have to uh, get the book from you. See if I see what it is. Um, flicker in the dark. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yes. I'll have to add that to the list too. Yeah. And my grandma who lives with me, she reads all the time. So I'm always looking for new thrillers for her too. Oh my gosh. Get her a book of the month. Yeah. I was just thinking maybe I need to get that for her actually. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's my favorite thing every month. I'm like, when is it coming? (laughs) That's all. Oh yeah. That's a great, that's a good Christmas gift idea. Mm -hmm. Actually. All right. You just given me all kinds of great ideas today. (laughs) Not even about chores. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I appreciate, Oh, and where can people find you? What's your podcast? What's your website? All the good stuff. People can find me at noguiltmom.com and our podcast. It's called No Guilt Mom Podcast. I host it uh, with uh, my co-host, Brie Tucker. And it's just like hanging out with friends, discussing parenting, very non-judgmental. Yes, that's why I love you. And I followed you for so long because it just, honestly, you're normal. (laughs) 
I don't know how else to say, but it's like, I don't feel like I have to be this type, a super organized, have all my shit together, mom. Like no. I can just be normal. Just be normal. <laughs> like, yeah. And we have a lot, we have a lot of fun on the podcast and, uh, we have some great guests coming up. We just had Zibby Owens, uh, on the podcast, the one who uh, does the why moms don't have time to read books podcast. And she was fascinating. So there's lots of great stuff on there. Awesome. I look forward to it. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Thank you so much to Joanne for being with us today. Don't forget to check the show notes to check out her chore and allowance system. The link is there for you. If you're, um, listening on iTunes, you can just swipe up on the episode and it'll show you the links and don't forget to follow. It's not subscribe anymore. It's follow the podcast so that you get all the new updates to the episodes, all the new episodes every single week automatically. Have a good week.